are a firefighter and an EMS professional. You put your life on the line every day for others. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants, and you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies, and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it, and we act. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a battalion of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a forum dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today, from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss span all kinds of professions. That being said, let's light the spark. People hear the word conflict and often think of it as a negative word. I would challenge that way of thinking. And in fact, I would even go so far as to say that conflict on a crew or any team is a good thing. The fear of conflict is a dysfunction when it comes to building a productive and effective team. If something matters and you have a difference of opinion or perspective, it's crucial to bring it up to the team so that the issue can be addressed. Today I'm going to talk about the need for conflict on a team and why it's so crucial in order to achieve our fullest potential. The foundation of a great team or a great crew, and of a great organization in general, is that leaders have vulnerability-based trust with each other. This doesn't mean that everyone's touchy-feely and that we just sit around and talk about our feelings all day. This is obviously not going to happen in a firehouse. (laughs) What this means is that if someone doesn't know the answer, they'll admit it. They're willing to humble themselves. And if someone else came up with a better idea than they did, they'll openly say, hey, That's a great idea. Let's run with that. On the flip side of that, if they're being a total jerk, they'll be willing to admit it and say something like, hey guys, I'm sorry. That was totally out of line. I'm a bit passionate about this. It just got away from me. Sorry. The first thing that leaders within an organization need to do is go first. Leaders always go first. I mean, it's kind of in the name, right? They don't wait in the wings, hoping that someone else will make the first move. That would inherently make them not the leader. (laughs) If the leader can't be vulnerable, other people on the team won't be vulnerable either. The leader sets the tone, and once they give permission for others to be vulnerable by setting that example, the organization will thrive. At the very least, the crew will thrive. I'm not saying that there won't be some difficult discussions ahead, but what I am saying is that those discussions, no matter how difficult, will pave the way for harmony. True harmony. Not some false harmony that a lot of organizations have where people will shake each other's hands and then not two minutes later be talking to someone else about what a dirtbag that person is. Keep in mind, this is not just for positional and ranked leaders of the organization. This is for anyone on any level who's looking to be an agent of positive change within their department. Let me tell you a little story I heard 
about a mentor of mine that worked with a very famous leader of a technology company. You've heard of this guy. He was the CEO of a company, and he was famous, and he was brilliant, intelligent, and very intimidating. Nobody on the team ever disagreed with this guy. No bad news ever came to him, and no one ever pushed back. So the head of human resources went to him and uh, told him, look, no one's telling you the truth. Everybody's just telling you what you want to hear. You need to get your people to open up to you more. You need to do something to open up these relationships. So he agreed begrudgingly. I mean, he wasn't really one to kind of humble himself to things like this because his, his attitude and the way he always did things got him to where he was. However, his organization was suffering for it. So he agreed begrudgingly to do what's called a 360 evaluation. And if you guys aren't familiar with what that is, they're a type of evaluation that a person creates in order to get feedback about a specific thing. Uh, usually it's in regards to job performance or character, something like that. So the person sending out the 360 evaluation will send it to people lower in the hierarchy, to people laterally in the hierarchy, and then people who supervise that person. So one step above. So you get basically all angles, perspective from all angles on that thing that you're looking to improve or seek feedback on. And once he got all the results back, he read the feedback and tabulated the common themes among the people's responses. And who did he share this information with? No one. <laughs> so the head of the, H head of the HR department said to him, hey, you've got to show people what you learned about yourself and what your plan is for correcting things that need to be corrected. Again, he says, okay, I'll do it at the next staff meeting. So at the next staff meeting, he stood in front of his team with his 360 report. He began to read some of the results. And uh, he goes on to say, it says here that I'm not a very good listener. Hmm. Well, what do you guys think? And he went around the room and, this, and his team proceeded to compliment him on what a good listener he is. Oh, no, you're a great listener. We think you're great. This is wonderful. You're, you're a fantastic listener. No, no room for improvement. No one disagreed with this guy, even though the report said otherwise. So he moved on to the next item. This one says that I don't give enough praise or feedback. Huh, well, I thought I'd gotten better at this. What do you guys think? And again, his team told him how great he was at feedback and giving praise and things like that. And the incredible thing was, is that the very team who were now agreeing that he was so great at these things were the only people who filled out this 360 evaluation. No one was willing to take accountability for the words that they had filled out not two days prior. And why? Because they didn't feel safe in being vulnerable when they could be called out for their words. So finally, one person, uh, and I think this was the, uh, the marketing uh, CEO or the, the supervisor, marketing uh, person in charge of marketing, raised his hand and said, well, I think my team would like to get more feedback from you. And I think it would be nice if you told them when they did something well. I think that's an area you can improve on. And I put that in my feedback report. Dead silence. Until one of the lawyers spoke up and said, not me, I think you give great feedback and I think it's plenty and I don't understand what that guy's talking about. <laughs> he completely undermined his teammate. And not only that, but he was desperately clinging to the status quo because he was too afraid to speak the truth. I have a saying in my home when I talk to my kids, honesty over harmony. And this means that when it comes to difficult things that we need to talk about, I would much rather have an honest discussion with them than a false harmony 
perpetuated by deceit and ignorance. And ultimately, doesn't that lead to a true harmony? In my experience, it does. So getting back to the story, this poor marketing rep just got murdered by his team in order for them to save face. They were willing to sacrifice this guy so that they didn't look bad or, heaven forbid, disagree with the CEO. So on this day, that CEO lost all credibility. And more importantly, he sent a message to his team saying, don't be vulnerable. I'm not going to be. Now, you may be thinking that by him willing to even do the 360 eval, he was being vulnerable. And you'd be right. However, it was almost a too little, too late situation. He had already established that his team couldn't be honest and open with him. Uh, His team needed more from him so that they felt safe to say the difficult things that were holding everyone back. All he had to do was say, hey guys, I know I'm not great at these things. I know I can be stubborn and I have a temper. My wife tells me these things on a weekly basis, but I want to give it a shot and I want to try to get better. I want to acknowledge it in front of you. So now, what do you think? Within a few years, that company was sold for a fraction of what it was worth. It really damaged an entire regional economy where thousands of people lost their jobs. And what did the Wall Street Journal have to say about this company going under? Oh, they had some strategic problems and made some technical, tactical errors. Well, of course they did. But those were just a downstream symptom of a bigger problem, which is that there was no trust on the executive team. There was nothing that they were talking about that mattered in a realistic way. And it was all because the leader of the team couldn't say, hey, I don't know. I need your guys' help. Trust is critical on a team. If you don't have trust on your crew, you don't feel completely safe, right? I mean, I've been on crews where I didn't necessarily trust them to be able to, to do their job. And I felt completely unnerved the, the entire shift. When I look around on a crew, that I'm on and I think, holy crap, there is no way that that person is pulling me out of a fire or, oh man, that person does not know what they are doing and is going to get me, someone else or themselves hurt. Or even, wow, this captain does not know what he's doing tactically and something bad is going to happen. When you build that trust, only then can you move on to approaching conflict among your crew. Like I said earlier, Conflict on a team is good. The fear of conflict is a dysfunction. It's actually necessary to have conflict on your team. And I'm not talking about mean conflict. I'm talking about spirited discussion around a specific issue. It's ideological conflict. It's not personal. The expectation should be set by the captain. But if it's not, then it's up to you to establish this idea on your own team. That idea is that everyone on the team has to say, this is the standard that we've all agreed to, and we are never going to hold back our opinion on anything important. We can't afford to, right? As firefighters, we cannot afford to. So literally, lives are at the stake for us. We can't get caught up in the political cost if something matters and you have a difference of opinion or a different perspective on something that can help the team. Speak it out. Bad things happen when people see something and say nothing. Think about it. In most of, if, if not all the LODDs that we hear about or that we witness, there's always someone who says, well, 
I saw that this dangerous thing was happening. It didn't feel right about it, but I didn't say anything. Or, I knew he was eating himself into an early grave by not exercising and staying fit for the job, but I didn't want to hurt his feelings. When we allow this mentality to take hold, bad things happen. We want to act like brothers and we want to act like, oh, we're here for each other. But boy, we're really good at that when when people are dying around us, right? When we go to funerals, oh, we're brothers and this and that and blah, blah, blah. But what did you do when this guy was alive? Did you Were you a brother when he was alive? Were you there for him in the ways that you should have been? This is where people choose a false harmony over honesty. And that honesty could very well save someone's life. If you can't learn to go through a challenging discussion based on ideals, how can you be expected to walk through a fire with that person? It's ludicrous to think. And yet, we do it all the time as firefighters. And it's killing us, literally and figuratively. Now, be warned, without trust, conflict is very dangerous. It's politics. That's what it is. And boy, don't we love politics at the firehouse. When you have conflict with someone you don't trust, you're trying to manipulate them to win. When you have conflict with someone that you trust, you're pursuing nothing but the truth and the best possible outcome. How can that possibly be a bad thing? I've personally witnessed people being really bad at conflict and confrontation. This type of inability to have real conversations about things that matter are not only incredibly stifling and frustrating, but they are incredibly dangerous as well. As a peer fitness trainer for my organization, it's my responsibility to be able to help members with their fitness. Not only do I have a couple of professional personal trainer and fitness specialist certifications, but I'm also a certified nutrition coach, and I take it very seriously. I believe it's important to practice what I preach. Otherwise, I'm just like one of those out-of-shape personal trainers you see at your local gym who can't do the thing they're asking their clients to do. Which person would you trust? Would you trust the out-of-shape personal trainer or the guy who's practicing what he preaches? Anyway, I was in the vicinity of working with an individual who had let his diet and exercise get the better of him over a period of time, and as a result, he was borderline diabetic. As someone who wants to provide value and someone that actually cares about the people that I work with, I reached out to this guy and expressed my interest in helping him get back to where he needed to be through a planned and focused effort in exercise and diet. And this was just while on duty. I'm not talking about like invading his personal life. The challenging part is that this individual has established a legacy for the status quo. In fact, he fought to keep it. Accountability means that he would have to step up his game, and he's just not comfortable doing that. Or he wasn't, at least. He would have rather allow things to happen to him like diabetes and disease and injury, as opposed to take active steps toward positive change. I knew this going in, but I couldn't live with myself if I wasn't willing to reach out and be the brother I'd convinced my interview panel that I would be. So I reached out to him in a very heartfelt way and offered my help. Then something happened that really disappointed me. Not only did I not even get a reply from this person, he had gone to my supervisor and told him that he doesn't want help. Basically told on me. Uh, and, and not only that, the supervisor that he went to 
contacted me and told me that, quote, I shouldn't approach people that I think may need help and that I need to wait until they come to me because that kind of confrontation makes people feel uncomfortable, end quote. This is a perfect example of how people will fight to keep their comfort, even if it's killing them. The takeaway here is that we have to be willing to step forward and put ourselves out there in order for the greater good. Now, currently, this, this individual hasn't made any change. He's just, it's getting worse and worse. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's on some type of medication right now. But whether it's helping a crewmate or pulling someone back from the ledge, we signed on to help others. We help complete strangers every day. Why is it that we can't help each other? When you step forward and offer help, you can, at the very least, sleep good at night knowing that you did what you could. Not everyone's going to be receptive, but you can say that you did what you signed up to do, and that's integrity in action. The people involved with this interaction were more willing to allow a person to fall into disease rather than introduce some discomfort and confrontation and accountability. They were more willing to avoid hurting someone's feelings and allow them to remain comfortable in their complacency. And we do this all the time at the firehouse. We do this all the time in the fire service. We've got to stop this complacent mentality, guys. It's killing us, literally killing us. When we fail to have conflict around ideas, uh, one of the things that's a, a natural byproduct um, of failing to do so is that that avoidance falls into or ferments into disagreement about the person. Instead of saying, hey man, it's important that we get you healthy so you can keep doing the job you love and so you can live to enjoy a long retirement, we say, oh, I don't want to hurt his feelings or make him feel uncomfortable. That's not the nice thing to do and I need to be nice. Isn't the problem in the example that I gave that this person has felt too comfortable for too long? I would argue that point. It's like openly admitting, eventually this person will slip into a miserable state of being, but at least they can't blame me for making them feel bad about themselves. Be nice, yes, but being nice and untrue is evil. One way that we can actively support conflict among our ranks as to bring out active and positive change is to do something that seems counterintuitive and interrupt people when they're having any kind of disagreement or argument or confrontation on any level. What needs to happen is that the leader needs to interrupt and openly say something like, what's happening right now, how you guys are disagreeing and being willing to talk about it is super important. As menial as it seems, this is exactly the type of conversation that we need more of around here. I know you may be disagreeing, but it's good to work through it because it'll only make us stronger in making better decisions. People need to be given real-time permission. And interrupting someone when they're having that conflict brings attention to that, brings attention to the fact that you're giving them permission, that it's okay to talk about things that they might disagree on. The real winning is done in the ability to talk about those things and come to a conclusion and come away stronger for it. The reason we don't like conflict on our teams is that the last thing people want to be known as around the firehouse is mean or insert any other negative term you want there. <laughs> so if someone says, hey, I don't think that's the best idea, people are afraid of being met with, oh, 
I can't believe you said that. I mean, you're right, and it would save thousands of dollars and countless lives, but still, we need to encourage this mentality, guys, not just once here and there, but for over a period of months. Do this, and the culture will change. It will. It's going to take active consistency and dedication, but all we have is time, right? There's always the extremists who want to pose the question, well, that's good and all, but what if somebody goes too far? Well, newsflash, guys, this is a high-class problem. This is a problem you could only pray to have. (laughs) If your organization is so honest and open that going too far with it, with said honesty and openness, is your problem, then I think you're in a position where you can glean those people who would ask that question in the first place because those are the types of people who are actively looking for problems and things to complain about, and it's not constructive. You know these types of people. You probably work with some. They're constantly giving scenario after scenario in order to challenge the ideas and not to help refine the process in any way, but maintain things the way they are. They're basically trying to use these scenarios as an excuse to not do a damn thing, to just sit back, keep things the way they are, and be fat and happy and comfortable. They use these scenarios and arguments as a way to cling to their safe harbor. Sadly, I see people who actively do this in leadership positions. It's happening all too often, and it's sickening. If people start to get more emotional than you think they should based on the topic, it's important to remind people that it's not personal. It's professional. Be objective, not subjective. And think about it. If someone does go over the line, it provides them an opportunity to reel it in themselves, holding themselves accountable, or even offering an opportunity for those at the table to hold them accountable and be like, hey, man, like you're getting personal. Let's refocus. Let's get back to the objective. Let's take our emotions out of it and, and progress. Look, I get passionate about things, but at the same time, I don't get personal and I don't insult other people. All this does, having these discussions, being passionate, having these disagreements, having this conflict, all this does is make your team stronger, guys. Think about it. Skin and bones become stronger after they've been marred or broken. The scars you receive are stronger than the original skin. The place where your bones heal from a break is stronger than it was before it was broken. Show people that you care. Go first. Introduce some conflict. Don't just make some menial move to change the stationery or your t-shirt design for some false sense of progress. That's BS. What a waste of time and energy. Have some discussions about things that actually matter and would move you and your organization forward, not just change it for the sake of change. Hold meaningful conversations where everyone is contributing. Keep in mind, they need to feel safe to do so. So how do you actively make moves towards that? You go first. I've created a program that'll help you build that sense of trust. It's called Crew Builder, and it's six weeks long. And like anything else in life, you'll get out of it only what you put into it. I go week by week and give you personal insight as well as tasks that you need to complete in order to take steps toward building a crew that knows who each other are 
and knows what the goals and standards are of its members. I'll also hold a weekly live chat so we can go over each week's task as well as the lessons learned from the week before. This is accountability in action, guys. It's a great place to start if you're having trouble connecting with your crew. This kind of purposeful action establishes you as the leader for positive change and not only affects you and your crew, but over time it bleeds over to your organization as a whole. Registration for Crew Builder 2019 is now open. You can register by visiting my Facebook or Instagram pages, or you can visit the Ignited website at www.ignitedff.com and click the Crew Builder button at the top right corner of the screen. I look forward to seeing you inside the program. We're going to have a really good time and we'll remove excuses for inaction and push forward toward positive change. As we get further along in this effort, we become closer to our crew members, our friends, and our families. It's important for us to discuss these things, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Do me a favor. Please subscribe and share this episode. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited.